Hey, welcome to One Really Good Question with Gabe. I'm your host, Gabe, and this is episode four. We have Stacey Von Bush here talking to me about what motivates her, what events and what things have occurred in her life in the most recent years that have got her motivated or got her to find the authenticity of who she is. And we just explore that a little bit. It's a lot of fun. Buckle up because there's a lot of talking. How long has it been since we talked? Like about two months now? Yeah. Yeah. And the last event we had here, what are you guys December 10th, so... Oh, God, it's yeah, like two and a half. Yeah, I know, it's been that long. No, and I'm kind of glad I didn't get to talk to you at all in between any of this because it kind of me- leaves me with a blank canvas for you. Okay, let's go. What does it mean to be a human experience advocate? Oh, I made that up last night. That's a good I one. Did, I did, I did. How'd you make that? it up, I was like, mm, you... this, I got to describe myself a little bit better. Um, I, I think the reason why I really put that is because, for me, you can you can write artist and that's really open and you can write well she founded this organization and again mm-hmm. like, I mean, but it's kind of like but but what does she actually do what are you in actually the, in the in the midst of all of that and i think that's where that human experience advocate and to elaborate a little bit further i was really focusing on as an artist what do i do for a business because i think um when I tell you what I do from a creative standpoint, you might be like, "What? What is that art? Or are you mm-hmm. like, are you, are you crafting at your sewing machine?" So, um, I make what's called memory animals. So, folks who um, have lost a loved one, and or it can be celebratory, such as like baby's home from the hospital outfit. They send those clothing pieces to me, and I turn it into a stuffed animal. Um, That's and awesome. yeah, I've been doing that for seven years. I've made thousands of them at this yeah. point to a nationwide audience. And, um, what was really hitting home for me, uh, in the last couple of weeks, because my mom came to visit and I opened a package from a customer and inside it is like a three page letter. And my mom's like, do they normally send that much to you? And I'm like, I am everybody's temporary therapist while I hold these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, th- and there's so much truth to that. But so it was kind of like, well, human experience, like I am making a stuffed animal for somebody. I am taking all of these memories that this gal wrote down on three pages of a letter and making it a tangible thing. Like I am taking memories and making them tangible I'm making them. You're able to touch it in, in a manner of like seeing clothes hanging in a closet. Just don't do or, or having them boxed up or what have you. And, and uh, so when my mother asked me, you know, do people write like this to you? And I'm like, hold my beer because in the first year that I did it I thought oh how cute and quaint because I'm going to take all these letters and I'm going to make this little scrapbook and I'm going to save all these letters and um you know six years later and hundreds of letters they're in a giant box and I know things about people that I would have never never even imagined yeah and people tell me some of their most vulnerable experiences and you know things that uh, perspectives and all that and i'm like because of a stuffed animal you know and and so i think when you combine that doing that with doing what i do here at sage it is a human experience advocacy because the i was interviewed the other day too and it was literally a statement when somebody was like well, this is a really inclusive space. Like, mm-hmm. it seems effortless that Sage is inclusive to anybody that walks through the door. And the question was, well, how do you do it? And my 
immediate reaction was there's no how i just do you know it's just i, I just do say. it it's just it's an innate thing or yeah. what have you and and i thought a little bit more as to how to answer that with a with greater detail and it was just literally i would never want someone or a stranger to dictate how i live my life and so if i can be that mm-hmm. space or that safe space or that person mm-hmm. that sits and 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 says what do you want to do and how can we do it yeah. What do you want to say and how can we say it? Absolutely. Um, that's that human experience advocacy. Sure. And, it, you know, it, it pans into me being a mother of three girls. Mm-hmm. Yep. And how <laughs> how do I help them discover themselves? One of the things, if you're ever around my three kids, they are three of the most different mm-hmm. individuals to say that their sisters would be like, are you, are you, you sure? <laughs> are you sure about that? <laughs> and, two, and two of them are twins. So it's kind of like I got that thrown into the mix too and they're just as opposite as opposite can be. Yeah. Um, and it's because there was no mold. Yeah, they didn't, you didn't corral them into some certain there way was, of being. And I refuse to do that with anybody yeah. that comes into my life. Oh, you want to do this? Okay, like I believe that for all the gifts that that I was given when I was born, the one thing that I value the most is to be able to have someone tell me what it is that they want for their lives Mm -hmm. and for me to be able to say, okay, here's your roadmap. Yeah. I don't know how, but I can see it. And it's a very, very intimate and spiritual thing. Yeah. to, To have somebody sit and say, well, this is what I want to do with my life. And um, it's really played into a space to provide authenticity mm-hmm. um, for for everybody. And so, so, so much purpose for yeah. me as an individual. Well, with the way the world is, as a giant mold waiting to mold you, it, it's interesting that, we have these pockets of people who want to do more or let people express themselves or it it feels like there's a lot of different things that are trying to mold us out here. And I think, so I was raised in a very religious environment. Sure. Um, and there's a lot of trauma associated with that. Sure. And, um, I think that's a part of the reason it's, it's funny. Um, I went to private school whole life, whole life. And I, I can just remember, in elementary school, I was the kid that did everything by the book, mm-hmm. always handed in her assignments first, you know, smartest kid in the room, cried when she got her name on the board, you know, <laughs> like yeah. it was, I nice. was that, that kid. Sure. And then junior high hit. And, you know, in that religious environment, one of the first things that I identified where I kind of like second guessed the environment I was in is like, why are we focusing on certain sins? Mm-hmm. Why, when the Bible says all sins are the same, am I being taught to specifically not do this yeah. or specifically not do that? Mm-hmm. And then by the same token, I was also in an environment where questioning that was, was blasphemous. Bad. It was blasphemous. Yeah. You don't question what you are taught. And, mm-hmm. you know, to anybody that's listening that is, you know, still in a religious environment, I'm not implying that you know all religion is bad i'm saying i was in a toxic religious environment yeah and i spent my formidable years bucking a system yeah and that even though it isolated me it also 
showed me that I didn't have to agree and that I didn't have to compromise and that I had a voice. Yeah. And I think feeling restrained the way that I did then mm-hmm. when I hear of social justice issues now, it's like, okay, how do we work together? to to alleviate this or how do we work together to fight this or how do we work together to have a voice in this or create something different you know i mean i'm not here to say that you know i'm out with superpowers you know are you sure (laughs) yes i am i really am um it's 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 simply as you know I, i use do unto others as you would do unto them absolutely and I was like, this is really simplistic, you know, but, but. Um, so, so that's that, that human experience advocacy is I hate anybody being like, well, you can't be this way or you can't have to be this way or you have to conform. Conformity was from, again, from in a religious environment. I look back. Okay. So I'm 41 years old mm-hmm. and <laughs> yep. I look back. Some of my life decisions would not have happened. Sure. Had I not been in a conforming environment. Oh, I mean, right. It, that trajectory to begin with shaped you and, and everything you chose after that because of it, though. Absolutely. Like, it, it, it all reflects or it all comes full circle with how you are now. Yeah, and I, and I think a lot, you know, when we, when we discuss self-awareness and self-actualization and, and all of that, I think... Um, so much of what I repressed in order to fit in mm-hmm. is what I'm committed to ensuring shines in everybody or in, in whoever in me in, in everybody like literally like I repressed this for so long but this is who I am this is my authentic self and you know being able to live that I feel I would never compare myself to other people's experiences but it, it does help me to say I may not understand what it is that you're experiencing right now, but I know it's not what you want, yeah. and we're going to fight for what you do want. That's key, right. Mm-hmm. No, being able to see that, though, in people. Um, you talked about spirituality just a second ago. You said the word spiritual. Mm-hmm. To you, this is a kind of a broad one for you, but you know, what does spiritual power, or what does spirituality look like for you now, then? I identify as a witch, and not very many people know that. It's fair. Thanks for sharing that with us all. Then. Um, so um, if you feel really good after you leave here tonight, it's because I cast a spell before everybody came in. Cheers. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you. No. <laughs> no, she's Everybody's not like super scared no, right now. She's not kidding. She's not kidding. What kind of spell was it? I don't know. I'm feeling yeah. weird. You I'm know, it's really interesting. Many. It's really, it, you know, when we talk about spirituality and we talk about like the terms witch and witchcraft. Wiccan and all, it's, it's, is it's, it's, well, you don't have to be Wiccan to be a witch. Okay. okay. But it's trendy. It's very That's where I heard about trendy it. right now. And you go into crystal, crystal shops and there's, you know, God, you don't even know what you're working with. You know, oh, it's a pretty rock, you I know. Yeah, it's oh. like, you know, but it's so trendy, you know, or and then we end up, you know, dabbling in cultural appropriation because all of a sudden it's really great to use white sage to smudge a room. Yeah. And nobody cares what the actual history is around that, you know. So right. So I'm, I'm very sensitive in, in discussing this because no i'm not gonna fly off in a broomstick when we leave here tonight what be so cool it would be i admit (laughs) what witchcraft inherently is is an 
unrelenting belief in the self and our connection to the universe and our energies and how everything is interconnected and how we do have the power to shape what our lives look like and what we feel and what we project on others there's you know like i said i'm not gonna bring a body back from the dead and i'm not gonna stand at a cauldron and you know collect children on halloween and yeah no soup no soup you're a witch (laughs) but it's true you know we do look at culinary as an aspect around witchcraft it is it is the true combination alchemical Um, type absolutely equations here yeah absolutely why not Mm -hmm. and that in you know truly good culinary chefs and cooks and what have you hell yeah they're witches beep that out um it's cool hell's everyone knows about hell but it's that innate combine this with that this goes with this this is complementary to this and and i think going from a religious environment to a spiritual one Mm -hmm. was very very difficult sure because i had been taught you know you had to unlearn things i had to unlearn so much simply something as though like this is, this might sound you know interesting but <laughs> if something was going wrong in my life mm-hmm. you know when so a religious person would be like you got to pray pray to god pray to god like right then and there pray to god yep i had to unlearn that I had to unlearn that when I was in a bad situation, the person in the most control was me. I like that, yeah. And that I had the power. Mm-hmm. A religion teaches us to, you know, live in a life in a in a, a place where we're not worthy. Right, we're trying to get there. Where we're not worthy of the goodness that God has to give us, or that is bestowed upon the earth. A universal spirituality says that we are one with the earth. Right. God is a little bit different in terms and, of that, too. And, and that, that all the energy that flows within us between you and between me and between the plants of the earth and the ground. I mean, like, I don't even pretend to understand all of it's it. It's a lot. I simply know that it's in a much better place than where I was before. You can feel that, and that's oh yeah, that's the metric here. Yeah. Looking at your life, it feels yeah. great now, mm-hmm. much better. Yeah. Um. Side question here. Sure. Fourth dimension is that a thing that you think about or ever talk no, about? No, that stuff's over my head. Dang it! Mm-mm. All right, never mind. I'll have Mm-mm. to come back to that one. Like, like I didn't do really well in like um chemistry and physics and all of that jazz in high school either. It's fair. Mm-mm. I was I not good at chemistry. No. No, that's no. that. I, no. I I'll, no. we'll come back to that. We'll, I mean, like off show. I gotta talk to you more about that. I was gonna say what? Yeah, no, 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 no. Back to it. Um, how long has that, or, or how long have you been in tune with this now? Mm-mm, not very long. Uh, maybe two years. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it was when I started to notice that a lot of my really bad decisions were based upon an indoctrination that had just been beaten upon me mm-hmm. for so long. And I think I hesitated with even questioning it because I also had to recognize that this was the environment that my parents chose to raise me in. Correct. And particularly with my mother, I didn't want to disappoint her. Sure. Because to sit and say, I'm abandoning the religion that you raised me within, is to literally say, I am damning myself to hell. In that sense, yes. Right. Yep. 
and and so it was just like as a mother myself I would never want to <laughs> to think that my that my child was choosing eternal damnation you know but That's but, tough. but but, <laughs> but right. then but then for me there is no eternal damnation no 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 there isn't no nope. and again that was another thing like it's really funny I I have a really close friend um who is who also identifies as a witch and um I'm like, you know, we'll we'll be snarky or something. I'm like, oh my god, we're going to hell for this. And she's like, there is no hell. And I'm like, oh, we're good then, you know, like keep it going. <laughs> Are you of the mind that you know, once we pass on and stuff, it's it's kind of like matter can't be destroyed here, or energy can't be destroyed. You know, I don't even really think a lot about that. That's fair. Yeah. I think about now. I think about like moment. making the most of my life. Like when I die, whatever happens, that's great. It's the next you know, stage, but it's cool. Whatever. I'm not gonna sit and worry about what that's gonna look like and mm -hmm. have it affect what I'm doing right now. That's the dangerous part about these types right. of thoughts and thinking. Absolutely. It just gets in your head then, yeah. or it's not. That's just taking up space. Yeah. Focus on the now, right? Sure. Um. I guess. So it's only been two years though since you've been within this type of uh, spirituality. Is there anything else that, like, with this has changed, like, your whole life here, just from jumping into this? Anything that's a, a drastic change other than, like, the self-actualization and the happiness? I was just going to say, like, I'm happy. You're really happy. I mean. <laughs> yeah. No, it's simple. It's just, you know, it was a release. Yeah. Um, so I really, there's a really great podcast out there called Witch Wave. Um, sure. And she had a guest, and we were just talking about this the other day, and, and she had a guest on, um, and I don't even remember who it was. You know how you just like listen to things and you just like latch on to like parts, you know, what you need. <laughs> so she made a comment that in her culture, and I and I, I do believe it was like African tribal culture. Okay, but in her culture, that they believed that if you had a sore throat, it was because you had something that you needed to say, or sure. you know that that body responses to, to to emotional, yeah, and that was truly like what it's felt like for me i mean not to sound cliche but it is as though chains have been removed yeah to again you know raise in an environment where i am not in control right like that is what religion was for me and to suddenly be like I have the power. I can make these decisions. My decisions are not deemed based on what is a sin and what isn't. You know, uh, like um, it's okay to be a, a, a woman. It's okay to, you know, pursue the pleasures of being a woman. Like sure. all of that is okay. You know, yeah. I mean, for any gender, like it's great. And whatever that looks like is is truly up to the individual. Like we do not exist on this earth to judge. No. If we aren't, you know, if, if if you're not, if we're not here to harm, then we have no right to sit and say, well, that's wrong. Like we can, you know, yeah. I, I guarantee you, I can guarantee you right now that we are in an environment right now where if I brought up a topic, there would be at least one person in this room that would disagree with what I had to say. Probably. It is not our job and our responsibility to make sure that everyone in our environment is in congruency and that we all agree no. with 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 how life is supposed to be whether that's within friendships and intimate relationships and what have you you know I, I i think it just is our job for us to honor the way everybody in this room wants to live their life the experience of it all absolutely 
to honor the boundaries that they produce, to honor the, you know, way they choose to carry themselves, to honor the person that they've decided that they want to be, to honor the decisions. Yep. Yeah. That they're making along the way to to honor the successes and the fails, you know, all of that. That's community. Yeah. That that's what I really believe that we're here for. Sure. Yeah. No. Um I'm trying to think, is there a, a word though? Like I said Wiccan earlier and that's the trend word. But is there a word though to describe what this is at all? Uh, Other than spiritual I mean, right. How I feel about my life. I mean, I, I, Fair. we don't need labels. No. And I think that's a societal thing, too. Sure. So we got to put labels on, oh, you live your life this way, therefore you are this. Yeah. And I think that's for purposes of understanding, sure. right? If we categorize yep. things, it helps us understand them better. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that that's necessary. Again, like, um, to fall, I just, just a spirituality. Yeah. Just, just a, a, a sense of connection to all things around me i don't i don't think there's any That's categorization fair. of that i uh i had a little memory box it says categories on it and i was going to put the word in there when she said it and then i just threw the drawer out because <laughs> um, that's it makes sense though yeah it doesn't have to be over explained or labeled in a way that um justifies it then or mm-hmm. anything like that it's sure. just you, think, uh, how limit, you are. trying to limit to one word just helps you just like she had mentioned it helps you to categorize it correct by it and understand it and Mm-hmm. Oh, I, oh, that's how I label it. Okay, now it's in my head. You can still do that without in a wrong, in a different way because yeah. the the language of it limits it. The language of it limits what it, its meaning actually is. It's confined to a single word. Sure, and it's dependent upon language at that point. It, it very much is. And yeah. So it's almost like yeah, let her take two minutes to explain it, and you. I don't need one. Take word. that. Take that right. category drawer. Put it back where it was, mm-hmm. and then put everything right in there. Fair. Yeah. Just no. make your drawer bigger. Absolutely. Right. No. Um, with the abilities that you have now or the feelings that you have and this this feeling of being self-actualized in a sense, what is it that you – what is your vision for Sage? What is it you hope to accomplish with these abilities mm-hmm. now? That's really kind of an, a timely question. Yeah. Uh, We're here doing it right <laughs> now. So, so for full – a disclosure fourth wall breaking down <gasps> here yeah. i'm gonna go ahead and do it again thank you we had been planning this question for you before before everything week, happened before okay. this week so so it is very much a timely you will about to find out everybody's about to find out based on her answer that it's actually a very timely question thanks xavier continue so so one of the hardest things about sage is running it as a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot of work and the fulfillment that everyone that actively participates gets from it is wonderful mm-hmm. however when we talk about sources of income and financial and monetary contributions and things of that nature um, what happens is is this studio, for example, does not get paid for no. from fulfillment. And so what he's honing in on is that we participated in a very large fundraiser here in the community just last week. Yep. And 
there were 45 other nonprofits that were also participating, and it felt really amazing to be chosen out of a pool of, like, 150 people applied to participate. Here we were, and we were in it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is grassroots. We started this right here in Green Bay. This, like, mm-hmm. finally feels like that, you know, uh, validity. Yeah. That we're real, that we are recognized as a nonprofit in this community, even though we've been around for four years, just kind of doing our thing, um, that that we are having an impact. And so I think, you know, myself, I didn't necessarily know what to expect, but I will say that I I did assume that we would have gotten more from that fundraiser um, and it didn't happen. And. Um, those that did donate to that fundraiser were folks who already knew us. Yep. So we weren't reaching a new audience like we thought participating in that would have done. Helped a bit. And then it was difficult for me because from a from a platform experience with Sage is like we don't I refuse, adamantly refuse to build this organization on the backs of the artists that we're here to support. Yeah. Okay. So there's no membership fee. You don't have to pay a dime to participate. There's no charge to rent this facility if you want to do a solo show or if you want to host an event or or what have you. And every opportunity, like if you have your art on the wall and you put a price tag on it, we don't take a commission if it sells. Yep. You know, none of that. Um, we work to receive grants um, just to kind of dive into the whole grant process. Most grants only cover um, programs. They won't cover general operations and overhead. So it's very challenging, for instance, for us to get a grant that would pay for the rent for this facility. Okay. Yeah. And so when we apply for these grants, then it's like a mural. And we pay the artist a really substantial wage because Mm -hmm. we're advocating for a living wage so that artists can make it full-time as artists in this community you know those are the types of programs that we put out we pay artists who come in here and provide music for our one night only events you know all all of that like it's um and so when artists were the ones that were donating to this fundraiser it was like well take your money back you know like seriously take it back like i that's not what we're here for that was very that was I don't want to say tough pill to swallow, but it was uh, definitely like, okay, I'm six years into this. When we got on Facebook and we're looking at the Sage page and it said that we've hosted 142 past events. That's huge. It was just like, my God, (laughs) like like, that's a lot, you know, and, and, and we're still not getting like the sustainable recognition the traction with it and it and and so it was like well what does this mean what does this mean for this organization like we want to be able to keep putting out events that come at no cost to the artist you know but s- that money's got to come from somewhere we do host one fundraiser yep a year I make 30 stuffed animals. Those were so cool. And artists, you know, paint or leave their mark on them. And then they go up for exhibit in the Neville Public Museum. And um, that brought in like five grand this yeah. year. And just to, just to give you an idea, I, you know, I don't know how much like folks know when like general operations for nonprofits, but we are no wages involved with SAGE. So literally all we're covering is the overhead to operate this facility. So this studio annually costs us about 10 grand. Sure. 
Uh, when we signed the lease, we did not. It's a three-year lease, and we did not sign it until we knew we had all three years right covered. Yep. Because we're all volunteers. Yep. And nobody wants to be. <laughs> Can't gamble you know, with like, that. And, no. And, and so, so there's. Th- we've always been referred to as a passion project. Yeah. That sounds nice. But at the same time, it's like, man, if y'all knew what we were actually doing in here. And then, you know, I, I look at the disparities of the community as a whole anyway. Mm-hmm. And like, how many things are we already turning a blind eye to? Yeah. You know, and uh, um, so, I, you know, I think when you talk about abilities, like, the peer-to-peer mentorship is really important. Like, so when I tell you that somebody can stand in front of me and 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 tell me what they want to do with themselves, and like I can give them that, like that's the what we mean by peer-to-peer mentorship. And sure. like, very few people actually take advantage. <laughs> sure. Of that, like yeah. it's it's kind of interesting, but it all stems. I've been in a small business creative for ten years, mm-hmm. so it all stems from personal experience. Yep. Um, it all stems from understanding that. If he wants to be successful as an artist, we have to have an arts ecosystem that sustains him. That we sustain have artists. to have an economy yeah. that sustains him. And right now, we don't even have an arts economy that sustains a nonprofit. So what does that say about arts and culture in Green Bay? It's not valued as much as it should be. It's not be. valued. And so then, you know, the other day, I, I always go back I, t- I watched a documentary called the art of the steel okay it's a story of albert barnes who mm, about 100 years ago or so and i'm gonna get my dates all mumbled but like that's not the point yeah. um he was a doctor and had another friend who was also a doctor and that other friend was really into collecting art like traveling all over the world and collecting art sure um and long story short, is he ends up traveling around with his friend, collecting all these arts from like Picasso, Cervantes, all these individuals that were not known. Right. They're emerging at the time. Comes back to Philadelphia, his hometown, showcases his collection. Yeah. And critics ate it up. Like they hated it. Oh. They hated it. They said, what does this guy think? Like he has no idea what art is. This stuff is horrible. Blah, 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 blah. Sure. Okay. So. Albert Barnes goes on to say, I'm going to amass the largest art collection anybody's ever known, but Philadelphia will never see it. Nice. And he did just that. Uh, at one point in time, Albert Barnes owned the world's largest individually owned art collection with the greatest value. Where did he keep it? Philadelphia. He oh, built he his own it. gallery, which then also became an art school. So the only way you could see his collection was if you were a student or a teacher. Yeah. Um, the end of the story goes that Albert Barnes was killed in a car accident. Oh. And for decades, the city of Philadelphia fought for possession of his art collection because he willed it to a very small African-American college. Ooh. In the end, Philadelphia won it, and there's a Barnes Foundation right in the middle of the city. Sure. Um, but why do I bring that up? Because if Green Bay is not going to appreciate the arts, the arts are going to remain in these four walls, and the people that do appreciate will come to us. Correct. They will be pulled. They will be drawn. And I do believe that $10,000 is a relatively simple (laughs) amount of dollars. I mean, you're talking on microphones. You're talking on microphones right now that another artist 
donated. Correct. <coughs> right. <coughs> you got something in your throat? <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. So what if I'll we created what if we created that <laughs> environment? What if we created that environment where artists truly just supported each other? What if we created environments where musicians could come together and share their experiences, could share their resources? What if we did that for the visual arts? What if we did that for, for written word and had a zine festival where folks that self-publish their own written works could come here and, and just share? What if we just appreciated what people were putting out without putting that monetization on it? Putting the tourism bid on it, putting the um, sometimes feeling like a monkey in a cage out there to perform for the sake of folks that think art is fun but don't understand the impact yeah. that it has on the artist. What, what if we gave anybody that didn't believe in what we were doing the finger and did the most punk thing ever and just kept going going yeah and i think that's where we're at yeah understanding our own power and our own abilities and our own ability to build community mm -hmm. around what we love the most because that's what sage was from the get-go sage started because i had just moved to the area i had an existing small business and i wanted to get to know people mm -hmm. sage started as an effort to build community yeah. Why did we ever need to think we needed to be anything else? Don't. Because there's money involved. Because not enough people are artists or not enough people for some reason are drawn yet. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, I think there is plenty of creativity and plenty of artists in the Green Bay community. What I do believe is that they don't feel welcome to create here. Fair. Yeah. And that's where building an inclusive environment here, building that safe space here is more vital than this damn city realizes. And that when we talk about wanting to retain good quality staff at Schreiber or Snyder, uh. or when we talk about wanting to recruit young people, or how about keep UWGB grads from leaving? After they graduate. Here, after right, they yeah. graduate. Can't complain. Yeah, I hate to hear that kind of complaining about young people leaving cities and people just leaving all these types of things. Well, we need to have more opportunities or we need to have more ways th that people want to stick around. And I think we also have leaders that need to just kind of go away. Yeah, that's a fair one. That's a fair one. Honestly. I think we need to bring in new voices. Well, I think gatherings such as these invite new voices. Yeah. I think putting four people at the microphone tonight, maybe three because I do this a lot, but putting three people at a microphone tonight shows them the power that they have being able to simply speak their experience yeah being able to just share it um so who knows we might be around in two more years we might not um but i refuse to rest that solely on my shoulders fair it doesn't have to you know if, if artists want to feel supported if artists want to be artists full-time artists will do all of that you know um it's hard work it's all work. It's absolutely. hard work and it's absolutely exhausting. But I've seen firsthand what 
creating a thriving arts environment, whether it's for three hours or, you know, indefinitely what it does to the individual. Yeah. You know, what does it feel like for you to, to know that there's somebody that believes in what you're doing? feels great. It makes you want to do more, right? It motivates you. <sighs> yeah. No, no, no. I, the amount of support I've had as an individual around this type of art that we're doing here tonight um, has been immense, and it feels great. I mean, do you know, like, in reality, why tonight is here? In reality, he and I were leaving this event on December 10th. And I was like, man, that conversation was so good. It was so amazing. We need to have more of that. Like you just come out feeling like so empowered, blah, 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 blah. blah. And, it, and it was just like, well, you know, what if, what if we invited Gabe back to, to invite that conversation? What if we did a podcast event? And, and then I blurred out, like we're literally driving in the car. Like I'm pretty sure we were on Ashland Avenue. I don't know why I live in Pulaski, but, um, and I was like, well, what if we called it warm up to the mic? And what if it had soup? And then we just threw soup in the mix or something. And, he, and he's over there in the passenger seat like, God damn it, honey. There you go again. <laughs> She's on fire. Yeah. The ideas never stop, though. But I mean, truly, truly, what if you could be in an environment where somebody saw you like that consistently? Yeah. You know, to where differences don't matter. To To where... The end goal is to make people feel really fucking good about who. <laughs> you have to bleep that one. About who they are. I don't care. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. That's my favorite kind of beeps when people go consecutive. You are not on this episode anymore. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Stop. You just kept everybody longer for no reason. And that's why I, I really was happy that you guys gave me this opportunity and that you wanted me to do this because like I said earlier my self-exploration happens when I'm making people feel good when I'm connecting with them when I'm going in a chemical reaction on it to have a conversation that's deeper than whatever they were watching on TV uh, the other day because these conversations the work that this is for me and for other people is the, the work that we should be doing then yeah um, because expression is something we cannot get away from and we all have mm -hmm. to do more of and mm -hmm. I want to try and share these outlooks from people like you and people like him and people like you, people like those two <laughs> that you can't Don't see um, because good people have to step up and do this type of stuff. If we don't, who is going to step up and take the mic then? Not somebody we support all the time, not the leaders we appreciate here, the people that are controlling some of this stuff. So it's frustrating because the amount of work this really all is is exponentially huge. But when you share your story, it empowers somebody else to think maybe someday I can share mine. And that's what happened to me when I was in high school and I watched a motivational speaker speak. Mm -hmm. And it resonated with me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, this guy knows that mm -hmm. bullying sucks. <laughs> yeah. And But, but it, it empowered me, and I've always thought about that individual too and that individual I have in me that wants to share and connect and talk to people mm -hmm. as well. So thank you again for mm -hmm. letting me do this tonight. Of course. It was fun. This is what we do. It was a lot of fun, mm -hmm. honestly. Um, what do you want to endorse? What do you want to endorse? Endorse me again. <laughs> nice. Follow Ify Brass. Follow a Strawberry. That's Stream terrible. it. What's the 
the group or the you have a name for the stuffed animals again too oh eight trees company okay um but don't go on facebook because you'll just get him um so (sighs) the fun story was is that um in november my facebook was hacked and after 10 years i lost my personal account which then meant i lost access to my business page which is still alive and kicking but nobody, you know, nobody's able to Get on answer messages or, you know, make posts or anything like that. But what happened is um, I'd done 100% of my business on a Facebook group yeah, for six years. Sure. And there's over 3,000 people in there, like return clients, all that jazz. And so, like, I was like. I'm through, like, I'm finished. Like, I can't get in and do my work on Facebook. Like, oh, my God. And, like, I put all my eggs in one basket and how ridiculous of me. But I did because mm-hmm. I had no reason to believe that it was ever not going to work. Gonna change, yeah. And uh, so he was actually already in my group. And the way that Facebook groups work is that if an admin is removed or gone or what have you and there's no one that assumes an admin role, it's like a free-for-all. Anybody in the group can assume the role of admin. So I said get in there <laughs> and, well, and take over yeah. and he did and since then it's just been like hey honey i need you to make a post in my group today <laughs> and we didn't do that today either. and we didn't do that today either <coughs> it's, it's been you know but spoiler alert she was not done <gasps> yeah that's okay and and i do i have a website too um since because of the facebook thing so it's just atreesco.com okay um but so we gave you the space to endorse something. I did. And you sound so, oh, it's my website. Before you're all, bah, 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 bah. Well, you know I don't like talking about myself. That mm. is something about me. Like, I am not, you know, it, it's funny that he brings that up, but I was interviewed for the Toymakers fundraiser because I make yeah. all those stuffed animals. Yep. And uh, she asked me, she said, well, what does this mean for you? Yeah. I don't even even think about it like that. I truly, I don't like this is something that I do so that the organization can raise money, you know, and, and it's the effort that I put in. And she's like, well, you don't consider yourself an artist contributing to this. And I was like, I, I, and I hadn't, you know, and I think that's just, I don't know that that's necessarily a fault. It's just the way that I like I don't look at this room and go, you know, I built this. You know, I don't I I may in an egotistical statement being a smart ass, but I don't stay humble. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't I don't go. Man, I had this idea six years ago and look at us now kind of thing. That talk isn't it's just talk. It's it's just not like that. It's not. So no. I really wanted the Cthulhu squid one that you made. Oh, that was Jeremy Kateki. So that was an elephant when I handed it over to him. Um, and he was the one that made all the tentacles, tentacles and went and wild the with wings it. And the that was so cool. Mm-hmm. Every year it gets a little crazier. That so. was my favorite one out of the yeah. collection yeah. just because I love the squid. Yes. Um, but no, I, I won't even ask, I won't ask you to endorse anything else. Uh, I already said thank you like three times. So I think you're welcome. There we go. So I think we're just going to end it right there. Did we get, I mean, I'm assuming our time was great. Uh, we're way over, yeah. Woo! Good job. Everybody. My reputation. Precedes you. <laughs> you are the talker, Stacey. I love it. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode of One Really Good Question with Gabe. We would love to hear from you, whether it be your thoughts, uh, your takeaways from our episodes, 
future questions and guests you'd like us to pursue anything that you would like to share with the two of us we would love if you did so so shoot us an email in our inbox one really good question podcast at gmail.com thank you <laughs>